right. So, what's it like being a hectic ethnic? <laughs> Jeez, it didn't take long to go down that road. <laughs> Look, I mean, I think we can both answer that one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, always good fun. Um, I'm actually working on, I'm working on this hip hop metal band at the moment. It's kind of like a trap metal band. Oh yeah. And so um, we've made like a whole bunch of beats over the last few days and we're only using one. So I've got all, the, I've got all these beats lying around. I think it's, start, it's time to start the hip hop side project, I think. Probably. Mm. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> there may be a few surprises. I love surprises in most cases. <laughs> What's been happening? Oh, same old man. Just um, teaching from home. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. Just like, yeah, <laughs> not much else. Practicing drums and playing some games, passing time. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Just working. Like, um, I've been lucky. There's still a fair bit I can do remotely. Mm. It's been all right. That's heaps good. Yeah. Are you able to track remotely? I can. It is a bit of a pain, but mm. um, you can do that stuff. Um, it just depends who you're working with. Some guys who aren't too tech savvy, you're better off just doing a zoom call like this yeah just send your audio files uh randomly and you've just got to organize them in your session um sometimes that actually is easier than trying to set up the the remote sessions how but you're reliant on the quality of their gear at that point right you are yeah what's the worst set of gear that you've made work oh it's actually hard to pick one. <laughs> it's really hard, but I think, um, hmm. Look, I, I'm no stranger to, to making work. It's something I like to do. So <laughs> like for, for a long time, like I was using um pod farm as a joke and then i realized oh it actually sounds really good i was using it because back then it was easy and quick mm. and then i started using newer amp sims and things like that newer software and i thought oh this um this doesn't sound too bad the other funny one is like easy drummer okay um because a lot of people go oh it's you know it's a songwriting tool it's not meant to sound good but there's a few samples in there that do sound pretty good so that's the one you use when we're working on like the summit stuff, right? Yeah. For writing stuff, it's, it's a lot quicker. Um, Cause you don't have to open contact and yeah system. So it, it really is uh, like a lot quicker. Um, and it is easy. They're not lying in the name. <laughs> <laughs> now they sound awesome. I think. Yeah, like the symbols sound probably one of the best out of all the like the MIDI MIDI drum software that's available. Yeah, it's just got this reputation among yeah. engineers and stuff where it's like, look, you, you'd ideally not be using that 
techniques, <laughs> mm. ideally. But um, yeah, it's. Um, I, I think it's better than better than a lot of people think it is. Yeah, and you also put time into the um, like. I don't want to say the the quality, but the um, I don't know, like the effects you've laid effects onto all of it, right, to make it sound even better than the stock. Yeah. That's another thing um, that's pretty easy to do with the the easy drummer stuff is you can send a, a particular drum to a bus and then process it there, so. Um, it, at that point, it's almost like you're working with audio and not MIDI. Mm. Yeah, like you, you can process everything individually. So it's handy for that. So it's like you can take it from standard easy drummer sounds to like, okay, this is a bit polished. I can, I can hear everything. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, it sounds okay. Um, but that, yeah. Um, that's a funny one, but I've, I've recorded some really bad kits, man. Like really bad. Oh yeah. Like, like no name brands. And sometimes it's obviously cool for, for effects. Like you want to actually put a, a shitty kick drum in a big room and, you know, a, a snare that sounds like, like absolute garbage. But, um, that's that's all well and good for when you do it on purpose. It's just when a guy rocks up and he's, you know, it hasn't happened for a long time, but guys will rock up and be like, we've got to use my snare. And I'm thinking, this is the worst snare I've ever <laughs> It's the snare from St. Anger. <laughs> I think I'd say I've heard worse than that. Oh, damn. That's, like, that's obviously not great. A lot of people don't like it. Um, some people do. <laughs> I remember hearing about the snare sound on St. Anger before hearing St. Anger. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I knew the album existed and it was like, I, I was hearing from everyone. The snare sound was so <laughs> And I remember thinking, do I want to listen to this? <laughs> Imagine how many more people listen to it as a result of that iconic snare sound. Well, that's the reason I listened to it. So probably a lot. <laughs> I actually like didn't think it was that bad, but like, you know. Yeah. Uh, I these days I don't think it's that bad. Mm. I think it's jumped on the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's like the nickelback haters. Yeah. Jono. <laughs> <laughs> there. Yeah, <laughs> <Get> anyway. <laughs> um just a quick one with the kit thing. How much do you reckon different types of drum heads can salvage shit kit? To be honest, it's um, like you, you'll get a noticeable difference. I can hear the difference mm. uh, with, you know, fresh heads and old heads you know, some, some heads and some bad ones, but um, I mean, you'd be nice if the kit was good too. <laughs> yeah. You can make a kit sound better by replacing the, the heads if they're old. Yeah. But, you know, it's, you, you can't really, 
Um, yeah, you can't change the sound of the shells. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things. It's similar to guitar strings. If you have a really guitar and you change the strings, well, they want they'll be bright again and it will sound better, but it's still a piece of. Shit. So like, yeah. then when you hear it up against something else, you're like, really now, you know, I thought it made a difference. Now that I'm hearing it against something good, it almost makes no difference. <laughs> it's so cheap and nasty. And, um, but I, I don't know, like um, I've, I've heard a lot of kits sound okay just because someone who was a good player was hitting the drums and they tuned it just right. And um, at that point, I think, oh, it's actually not not too bad. <laughs> mm. That's the other thing is as well, is like technique definitely comes into play, like re- regardless of, the, it's just the way the player hits the drum or just being intentional about the way they, they hit the drum can, pr- can be the difference between it sounding good or sounding Yeah, yeah. Um, I think... I think the funniest example of that, is, um, you know, Steve, the the King Hideous drummer. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Wolves drummer, he he was doing a video clip, and when you're doing your video clips, you normally you know you gaff the bottom of your cymbals so they're not too loud, and you detune everything so you know it sounds like you're hitting a bucket, and he's he was playing this kit that had been completely detuned the snares off his cymbals are like taped up and he was making it sound good yeah i couldn't believe it like the way he was using i was like this is genius (laughs) that to me is a good drummer (laughs) yeah if you're doing stuff like that and creativity is a big part of it too because he's he's always like a bit on the creative side but I, I thought that was hilarious. I thought, how he like this actually sounds good. Yeah. Someone walked past, they go, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's an incredible drummer as well. I've only seen him play a few times, but yeah, I can definitely vouch for that. You know, we should um we should talk about the the summit stuff. Cause I was I was thinking just the other day, um, you know, when, when we were discussing like um, what you're doing with this whole podcast, I was thinking about like the, um, the role that rhythm plays in songwriting. And obviously for me, that means just drums. There's not much other percussions. <laughs> it's just drums. Right. Yeah. And um I was thinking that that could be a an interesting interesting discussion. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's your like? How do you write drum parts first? Like, what what's the thing that comes to your head? Like, where do you start? Um, well, it depends. Like, when we've been working together, it's yeah. sort of like streamlined i guess where i mean you you've come up with the guitaring or or the overall rhythm and that just sort of allows me to 
get creative with what's there and sort of more often than not add <laughs> as opposed to change things, if that makes sense. It's, yeah. But if I'm doing something from scratch at home, uh, it's usually, I'm ashamed to admit this, but it's often inspired by another song I've heard, but not from the sense that I'm going to copy that rhythm. It's like, for example, the new Wage War song that's come out is like, that made me want to start writing again. So I'm like, okay, I'll come up with, that's a fairly intense song to me. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to come up with a, 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 a song just on drums because I can't play guitar. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, the drums are going to come in pretty frantic. It'll go into like a, a blast beat, even though I can't play blast beats yet. <laughs> and and then it'll go into a groove. So it's sort of like, okay, I have the the rough idea. And then it then it's just a matter of starting to whack stuff in into um Reaper on MIDI. Yeah. I at the moment, my challenge as a drummer is to become more creative because I've been working out of books for the last two or three years of just learning stuff and I forget how important it is to just jam and have fun so at the moment I'm very methodical with drumming so I'll, I'll the midi stuff helps rather than me going to the kit and jamming something out yeah but it's something I'm working on so yeah that's sort of my process at the moment but I do want to get into more of the jamming and actually playing and coming up with ideas and then putting it into Reaper yeah. or whatever software. Yeah. Man, um, it's funny because like all my, like a lot of my favorite drummers weren't creative. <laughs> like, because mm. then I, I think of some guys that stand out in my head, like Tony Royster, and he was creative, right? Like, yeah. Like, you know, I found out about him later, but growing up, I was like, Jimmy Chamberlain, Smashing Pumpkins, what an amazing drummer. And now when I hear him, it's like, it's pretty much the same accent, same groove for 30 years. <laughs> How long have they been around? 40 years? Like, I was like, he's, you can tell it's him, you know, like you can hear his stroke. Yeah, his accents, and you've probably seen that when we've been doing the summit stuff. A lot of the the um, basic placements that I choose, it's actually a lot of them are Jimmy Chamberlain placements. Ah, yeah. So you know, like it's it's funny because like all my biggest influences were guys that weren't that creative, but then I remember seeing like guys like. Tony Royster and I was like who is this guy what is he doing what a crazy mix um like I was like he he had a double kick I was like, <laughs> what the hell is going on here and I loved it like he he's one of the guys that I was like this guy is like one of the best drummers out there for, for me at the time like I was hearing like Thomas Lang and Virgil Donati and all these but something about Tony Royster was just really creative and it's like, how did you go from funk and stuff to like getting these double kicks going? What? No one else did that. Like, yeah, he was the weird guy that was all creative and wacky. Um, did you did you ever listen 
listened to uh, Dennis Chambers much. Yeah, he taught uh, Tony Royster. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's how I found out about him too because I was like, I love Tony Royster. They found out that was his teacher. So yeah. Teacher. And I remember like years ago thinking he's o- he's literally overtaken his teacher. Yeah. Like he's off, he's off his guts. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. And Dennis Chambers is so solid, but Tony Royce, like I, mate, he, he'll amaze you for an hour straight. I reckon. Yeah. Um, this is crazy, but it's funny because, um, yeah, like the, the creativity thing, it's like, that's almost like wow factor. Yeah. Um, you see something different it blows your mind when you see the same thing over and over it doesn't blow your mind but the thing is it's like it's important yeah yeah it's not creative it's still important too yeah that's right and some of it still works as well most of it does um there's like a a balance there because it's like i go in phases for example right like early when I first started drumming, Tony Royster and like all Virgil Donati, all the the drumming gods were fascinating. Well, not fascinating. Like they were, I loved them. But then after a while, I fell into just more like groove type drummers. Yeah. And only now again, probably because I'm trying to work on creativity, is that I'm finding a whole new... Um, round of appreciation for these guys yeah and yeah like they can blend both like being insanely creative and whilst maintaining a groove as well which is pretty cool or they can just go nuts and play something that's unhuman which doesn't you know it's it's super impressive but to me it's not as groovy yeah, it's just like, look at all this crazy shit I can do, which is incredible in its in its own own regard. Did you actually? I've asked you this before, I'm sure, but like Abe Cunningham, the the Deftones drummer. Mm. I think I remember asking asking how much do you rate the Deftones drummer? And you're like, I, I haven't heard heaps of like the Deftones. Yeah. He, he's one of those guys that's really solid, but he's got a bit of a quirk about his playing. Like mm. Something a little different. You can always tell it's him. He, he was one of those guys where like, yeah, like later on in life, you don't really care about all the tricks and, and all that sort of crap. You know how it works. It's like, yeah, but you know, like, who are the guys that are just like in the pocket and they're all groove. Um, and they, they seem to have more command over what they're doing than the guys that are just chopping out and trying to impress everyone and take it to the next level. Mm. Um, is it an old man thing? I don't know. Cause I feel like cool stuff. Uh, what was that? When you're getting back into the simple stuff, it, it seems like an old man thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, uh, but maybe the music allows for it more. Like, I don't know. Like the Deftones, that sort of, that era where you've was, 
you also had like early seven dust, uh, limp biscuit. I feel like there was more space with those the styles of those bands to for the drummer to get creative or it, it could have been the other way it could have been you know like Abe Cunningham already being quite quirky and unique which inspired the music yeah yeah so it like it makes me think how would Abe Cunningham go in another band would would he maintain that quirkiness about him or would it be reduced or would he have to just play totally different yeah that's a good point what would he be doing Um, Mm. it's hard to say but like with metal you typically i mean like metal core at least drummers are typically following the guitars for the most part. And if there's some way to do a fill, they'll do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> um, Right. So I don't know, like. With, it, with that, you know, it's, it's funny because a lot of these modern metal bands, you think about it. It's like, you think the drums are following the guitars, right? That's what most people think. And it makes sense to think that too, because most of the times there's a guitarist in the band that's the songwriter. So people assume he just writes these riffs, right? And then the drummer just matches the chugs with the kicks and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But the funny thing is, you may have noticed it at times when we've been working on stuff, is that if you do start with a riff, right, you actually need to have drums in mind. Yeah. So, like, when the guitarist... For all we know, especially guys like um, the old metalcore bands, um, I, I guarantee you a lot of those guitarists would have been not full-on drummers, but they would be able to play like to a decent level. Yeah. And they would have been thinking in this riff, the chugs are like kicks. And so you, you really do start as a songwriter. Like you have to be thinking rhythm. And I think a lot of those guitarists did and the drummers, it just so happened that like, you know, those kicks were always going to be there no matter who chose to put them there. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of the best riffs you can tell the guitar is literally the guitar is part of the rhythm section too. You know? and, and so if a guy is doing guitar and thinking, yeah, and, and I'm basically playing a beat on guitar here, we've just got to match that with the right drums later on that's um that's something that i think a, a lot of people haven't thought of it's like no i did just because a guitarist may have been the songwriter and just because it's guitar heavy music and it seems like the drums match the guitar those guitars were playing that drum beat to begin with that's the truth yeah it's like it's all there and you know the runs are the fills um the chugs are the kicks and then those high discords that's your snare Right. Yeah. Um, and if you did anything else, it would have sounded a bit. Deep. Well, I mean, <laughs> like I've been in bands where the guitarist is like, this is the song or this is the riff and you just sort of, that's it. Yeah. Just good luck. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, if they don't tell you the beat they want, then you're sort of, you, you do whatever you think is appropriate and that's as far as the song goes <laughs> but a good guitarist will take into account everything else as well and sort of 
use that to make it a better song overall or make a part better i think i really reckon that when when it comes to songwriting like rhythm like there's a specific difference rhythm makes in songwriting and drum parts um and that's something where like i've i've been blown away heaps of times by just changing the pace in the last chorus like i've i've had whole song structures work purely by just moving a few yeah. drums around yeah and then you know like nothing else would have fixed it because the melody was there it was never going to get any better or worse and it was fine it was just rhythm yeah especially for pop structures rhythm is like really important and if the drums are bad it's like it's a lost cause especially yeah. nowadays where we're not like all about guitar solos and stuff like that now everyone's all about drums yeah and, and to a lesser extent vocals but you know it's cool to like drums now it's like not cool to be like loving guitar solos like <laughs> no one cares about slash you know yeah yeah like, i mean if you do it's highly likely you're a crusty old guy in a bar <laughs> drinking whiskey like like now the modern metal thing is like it's all it's all drums drums are mixed loud you hear everything yeah before you you couldn't hear jack you just had an impression of a kick drum yeah in a lot of the 90s i'm listening to it, it's like i can't actually hear the kick i can't make out a transient like but you know where you just know where it is somehow um, yeah you know so it's um it's funny yeah like drums have actually become the cool thing now and so it's it's no surprise that songwriters and guitarists are kind of like becoming really drum drummer minded like what do you think's been the um the catalyst for that because yeah like yeah what do you think um that's a tough one because when I look at how drums have progressed just in my lifetime, I don't think guitars have progressed as much. Right? <laughs> it's like guitar, there were guitar solos then, there's guitar solos now. Um, it has become more technical as well, but I just feel like drums has come from like the back of the stage to the front of the stage in a way. Yeah. Um, so why that would be is like I, I think partly it's due to those creative players that took risks you know instead of just doing the safe thing the minute you start getting creative you're probably going to have a bad idea or two at some point someone's going to laugh at you <laughs> you can't mix latin jazz with you know whatever it else whatever it is you know but um but i think it's it's those those guys um and i i i really reckon that just at its core music is like rhythm and melody and it's you know like it, it's it's kind of no surprise it's kind of like people are just getting more and more into music and we were focused on melody for a bit there and now it's like kind of a lot more rhythm Mm. and and really like the i think like there's a an elite class that sort of know both inside out and they understand both inside out 
Yeah. Um, but the general population, I mean, we, we've we've kind of come a long way. Uh, I was listening to like some Beatles a week ago and just some old 70s stuff. Every drum beat was really simple. All the guitar parts are easy. You could learn that in a week. If it's your first day playing drums, you'll be playing it in a week. Mm. And you listen to the stuff now and it's like, you have no hope of playing this unless you have played for 20 years <laughs> or 10 years or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think um, when that first started to happen, I used to think these guys are just doing that because they want you to know how much they've practiced. They want you to know how. <laughs> yeah. Now guys are doing that in a tasty way. And I'm like, Oh, they're changing the game again. Yeah. Like they're, they're not just being wackers. They're, um, they're being tasteful. And um, I, I think just like the way that, um, the, that's a mystery to me. Like why, why did drums become cool though? Like what, what happened to make it, everyone stop going for, guitars and thinking guitars are cool where's the guitar solo to like listen to the snare everyone's talking about snare sounds now yeah even if they don't know what that means like, that's <laughs> like the sound in this the drums the drums it's like yeah okay where did that come from i don't know well, i have a suspicion though like so backtracking just a little bit a few of my students are really into trap music yeah. and obviously of course they want to learn the beats for those songs um so when i go through it and write it up for them like i've realized they're actually very cool beats what they've come up with like there's 30 second note things happening on the hi-hat and most of the time snares on two and four but they've got a cool kick pattern cool hi-hat pattern but i think in that genre which probably flows into pop music as a as a as a, like under the umbrella of pop pop music is because the the melody of those songs are quite simple and repetitive it gives space for the drums to to develop and and be a bit more interesting yeah, yeah. plus you've got the rappers and whatever so the rhythm of of their lyric of their vocals or their raps can also sort of create or take away space from the drums also yeah that's that's a good point i mean it's it's so funny when guitars are doing something really minimal and they're doing something like they're creating space it's a great time for drums to take over um or something else you know something else <laughs> yeah like someone do something because i'm you know i'm doing nothing here mm. it's the same way if the drummer's doing a really simple beat these days it's you know the modern approach is um you know match everything make sure everything matches but yeah there's nothing better than having a, a crazy good guitar riff and the drummer's actually doing the lars beat yeah know, doing just the four to the floor it's like all of a sudden you're like, oh, damn, that's good. I can really <laughs> you know? but, It's funny because these are the guys that they can play drums and they're doing it on purpose because they've already shown you they can play and they're like, now look at this, check this out. I'll make the song sound cool by playing the easiest beat in the world. Yeah. That to me is like, that, that's the shit I get impressed by now. It's like, how can you make something it sound good? <laughs> like, 
Well, it's all about the two and the four. Like, look at ACDC. They're not sort of op- not really what you're saying. Like, all they're all quite simple, but mm. like, I'm usually head bobbing from start to finish of a song. Yeah. It's, it just works. Yeah. <laughs> I've done, um, I've done a few things with certain bands where now like when I'm producing, I always think, is this band going to be touring? Are they touring? Is this just an online thing? Cause then I know how far I can take it. I want the guys to be able to play their songs live. Of course. Yeah. Some drummers that don't, um, you know, they don't have enough juice in the tank to be like blasting for too long or playing something fast and tricky for too long, but you could squeeze a few bars out and it will be pretty tight. Mm. Um, and there's been times where during breakdowns that have really intricate patterns and they're really fast, you know, machine gun, double kicks in a weird pattern. I'm like, okay, you know what we'll do for the second half of the breakdown? Um, we're going to do the Slayer beat. You know how they always did that, like, you know, eighth notes on the ride, but then just like a normal kick. Yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. It's such a horrible beat on its own when you think about it, especially when it's played with zero dynamics. It's kind of like it's a bit of a caveman. But it sounded really cool. And it was two birds with one stone because it meant these poor drummers don't have to work as hard live. And the song gets to sound cooler. So there's like even more than one benefit to that. <laughs> Maybe some of these guys factor that in too. They think, you know what? Not only does this sound good, but I'm actually really going to need a break around here just to like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe. Maybe they're doing it. Maybe they're doing it out of laziness. What do you think? Quite possibly. <laughs> I know I've done that on guitar stuff before. <laughs> It's like you're cutting yourself some slack. It's like, I've been going nuts all song. I've earned this Yeah. 20 seconds of, of you know, simplicity. 